0: Welcome to Bunta Vista episode 191. I'm Theo, and I'm currently acting as the winter caretaker in the remote Overlook Hotel in the Rocky Mountains. Hope this will really help with my Bunta Vista intro scenario writer's block. My son's being a stupid asshole. Oh, I have psychic powers. I can levitate shit with my mind or whatever the shining is, I don't actually know. But I can't go shit in the toilet. There's shit in my pants. And read other people's thoughts. I still can't make it to the toilet in time. (sighs) Looking down at my typewriter, see that I've unconsciously typed all work and no play makes daddy likey big mummy milkers. (laughs) Unsure of the meaning. Uh, Also with me is two twin girls holding hands in the hallway. It's Lucy.
1: How are you, Lucy? Hi, what's up?
0: So, what's your deal?
1: I'm not really sure. What is my deal?
0: Are you guys like. Do you live here?
1: Oh, uh, look, we just kind of, like, walk around the halls.
0: Right. But Just
1: kind of just walking around. That's who just, owns just you, though? Literally just vibing. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you choose to be there, sometimes you choose to be... That's in, right. ...in the void. You
1: know, that's just how it is. It do be like that.
0: It do be like that. Do you reckon they're, like, 40 now or however old? They're still oh, doing they must that?
1: must be. I hope they're still doing that.
0: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um... And, uh, pulling his rotting nude body out of the bathtub and coming in for a smooch, it's Andrew. Hi,
2: Andrew. Ah, uh, feels good to have a soak. Yeah. Uh, let, me ju- let me just fish my ear out of there.
0: Mmm. Mm. I think some, um... You know that pine tar sole? Yeah. The stuff you get in a bottle? Mm-hmm. It smells awful, but it's really good for skin stuff. Hmm. Might, might be helpful for you.
2: I think if I pour that in the bath, it'd be kind of a soup base. Sort of a deal?
0: I think so. I think, I think skip putting it on your skin and just fill the whole bathtub up with it. I don't know if it's going to stick your ear back on, but maybe the rest of your like, uh, skin tags and stuff.
2: Hmm. I'm, uh, I'm looking at a picture of the twins from The Shining now. Get this. Still twins. <laughs> Didn't give that <laughs> up, huh? <laughs> it's like, let it go, you know? It's been years. You guys can stop doing this whole twins thing. Jeez. Yeah, it feels good to be here in the miserable and cold Overlook Hotel. Theo's still trying to establish what his son's powers are. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's definitely... um, He's not going to check out any of the reference material. (laughs) No. In order to find out.
0: Psycho... um, Penesis, I don't know. It's, not, it's definitely not going potty in the toilet, though. I'll hmm. tell you that.
2: Imagine, though, when he gets control of it and he can just levitate his poop over to the toilet. Mm.
0: That's the dream, isn't it? That's the dream. Never even have to stop posting. Even for a moment.
2: Yes. Many things here to uh, destroy the mind. Make you feel like you're going crazy. And the mm. first one is this big stack of Australian newspapers. <laughs> I'm looking He's through it. He's done them all. it.
0: He's done the <laughs> the biggest tightrope segue of all time. Let's,
3: <laughs> let's That's
0: bring pretty it, good. Let's bring it home.
2: Oh, uh, this dusty, undisturbed pile of newspapers. Yet when I pick it up and <sighs> blow away the dust, I find that the date is actually quite recent. Yes, as I flip through newspaper after newspaper and see the things going on in Australia, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. The thing mm. that everyone in The Shining was taking. That's I how see- I
1: understood it. <laughs> it's just a film about everyone taking crazy pills and going a little crazy.
0: I think they would have had a very nice time in the remote Overlook Hotel
2: if they hadn't that. been taking the crazy pills. I
1: think so, too.
2: Don't take the crazy pills. We can't stress this enough. Mm. What do they even make them for? You know,
0: yeah. It seems it seems like
2: who's the audience for that? Jared Leto. Like take 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 one pill twenty minutes before dinner, mm-hmm. uh, for three to four hours of uninterrupted psycho time. <laughs> who who are we prescribing this to?
0: People who just want to wild out for a bit in the remote overlook hotel. You can yep. just grab an axe. Swing that bad boy like crazy. Was that so the the guy the the um the guy that comes in later, I think he's the groundskeeper?
2: He is the uh, he is like the the janitor, janitor janitor, type man.
0: Yeah. And he comes in and immediately gets axed
2: in the chest, right? Is that the most
0: is that the least anybody has ever done, like ratio of set up to being killed in any movie ever. Like I, I thought that guy was going places. He was there, he's gonna help out. He's gonna say some wise words to the to the son. Like if if you feel that pressure on your butthole son, you just you go to the toilet, you know. Um don't make your don't make your dad go crazy with an axe or nothing. But he just gets axed in the chest. That's yep. it. Just instantly.
2: Just what He doesn't even die in the book. That's why he's in the sequel, Doctor Sleep. Yeah, there's several books. Several, I mean, two. Just two. There's a pair of books, you know? Back to these newspapers. So, if you live in Australia, you are aware of what has been uh, dominating the headlines in recent, uh, the recent, like, month or two. And let me say it's very depressing. Um, A lot of Australian news cycles feel like they're very depressing. This one, especially so. Uh, I think. I think the the sort of <clears throat> the beginning of of this happening uh, for the Australian public was the ABC program Four Corners running a program called the Canberra Bubble. Uh, I guess towards the end of last year, and it was in this program that Louise Milligan, a, an investigative reporter for the ABC, um, ran a bunch of material about like members of uh, the current sitting government, including cabinet ministers who I guess had, had displayed a lot of uh, very abhorrent sexist behavior, sexual harassment, um, serial cheating on spouses, uh, there were descriptions of like just generally a a highly toxic atmosphere where there are constantly affairs going on to the surprise uh, of
0: no one, I would say, but yeah,
2: yeah, I think everyone 's just
0: mad that we 're saying it now
2: yeah i mean i I sort of gather that within within Australian government within Australian political parties that there is and has been for a long time a very very entrenched kind of don't ask, don't tell culture about, like, graft and um, cheating on your wife and uh, a lot of that sort of stuff. So, so this kind of laid a bunch of that out, and it included uh, material about current Attorney General Christian Porter, uh, including, like, including a lot of his own writings and, and things that he did, like, while he was in university, that all sort of boil down to having absolutely abysmal. Yeah, uh, big opinion, old yep, shit brain. Just, just really, really horrible stuff. Like the the worst, the worst uh, type of person you can think of when it comes to just like objectification of women and mm-hmm. um, not thinking of them as humans at all.
0: But he seems like such a nice guy, though. It's always the ones you most expect. Yeah. <laughs>
2: And there was also uh, Alan Tudge, who had been, you know, carrying on an affair with his one of his senior staffers for a long time, despite being married. And again, this kind of comes back to that uh, classic thing of it's it's in the public interest when you're talking about the uh, like religious family men, you know, self-described religious family men who have used their platform to very publicly make a big case against, like, uh, same-sex marriage. Because that would erode the sanctity of marriage. Don't look at where my penis is going. Don't do it. So, uh, we had that. And then as time has gone on, um, there have been uh, allegations recently uh, by a staffer, a former liberal staffer. Um, she has alleged that she was raped by a fellow staffer in the Defence Minister Linda Reynolds' office. Hey, content warning.
1: Yeah, big ol' content warning. It's not fun. We're going to be
2: talking... It's not fun. Um, Sorry, everybody. For the first chunk of this show, we're going to be talking about a bit of this stuff. Uh, It's all been extremely badly handled by the government. Um, Horrifying immigration morlock uh, Peter Dutton has described it as a he-says-she-says- Situation. Um, so, there's been a lot of like uh, all all the usual horrible right wing suspects. Mm. Uh, just
1: got your real bingo with the he said she said and all oh, yep. Twitter's being the judge and jury.
2: Yep, That's great. Um, so there is there is a lot of um, like like it just seems very very clear from the whole timeline of events that the. The coalition, the current government, was completely aware of this thing that happened two years ago and ruined a young woman's uh, career and seemingly a large chunk of her life at this point. Um, They were very, very aware of this thing. It has been seemingly covered up. And now we are, instead of actually, you know, asking any hard questions and doing anything about it, it seems to have devolved into... An extended game of like, who knew what when? How how much plausible deniability can the prime minister get away with mm. in in pretending that he didn't know about this thing and nobody told him, despite it happening in a in a senior cabinet minister's office uh, in Parliament House, uh, security being aware of it. Prime Minister in Cabinet's office being aware of it, senior staffers in his own office being aware of it. Everybody knew about it, and somehow nobody was like, hey, Prime Minister, did you hear about this horrifying act that happened uh, hey, just maybe, over Maybe there?
0: we should go and tell him, uh, no, no, he's having a nap right now. You know, we don't like to interrupt his naps. so Don't want to break into nap time. Probably best that, that nobody tell him about uh, this very important thing and it it is it's it's completely unsurprising that their first instinct is just to get ahead of it by lying to the media a bunch of times yep. um and then just seeing how they can like row back little by little um i think that really really speaks to Scott Morrison's sort of whole MO which is very cool uh nice guy good 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 christian man
2: yep just a uh Pretend you didn't know anything about it. I think uh, lots of people's favourite part of this whole thing was when Scott Morrison came out and said, wow, this is a really terrible thing that happened. When I talked to my wife about it, my wife said, you have to imagine that this has happened to one of your own daughters. What would you want to happen then? And he said, holy shit. He said, what? Whoa.
1: What? Oh, that's what rape is.
2: Fucking I never thought of it that way. (laughs) child-brained dick it's such a like I don't know man that that whole attitude is just uh, terrifying to me because I thought that this was a thing that a lot of people have been sort of working through for the past several decades I would hope that like you know life is not Liam Neeson in Taken you know life is not Death Wish starring Charles Bronson where there is a where there is a brave man uh, and and one of the female pieces of property in his life gets ruined by a sexual assault and he must take vengeance like that's that's what that's how that whole thing came across to me was like not not a imagine such a such a horrible violation happening to yourself or B hey this this happened to a real person who worked for you in the building that you work in. It, it has to be like, imagine this happening to a woman, but imagine that it happens to one that you know so that you care about it. Yeah, imagine this happened to somebody you like. Just awful, uh, awful stuff. So mm-hmm. this was followed up by a historical rape accusation against Attorney General Christian Porter, the aforementioned uh, longtime piggy man. And this this has also been a weird matter of like how long did the government know about this before?
1: Which is almost certainly a long time, and I'm sure there are a lot of other other allegations that we just don't hear about.
2: Oh yeah, like um, like did anybody see the thing this week where a a staffer like a current uh, liberal staffer in Parliament House quit his job or was made to quit his job? Because of an incident where he called a, um, he called a, a Greens, mm. a Greens politician, like uh, I think in state politics somewhere, he like called her a, like a, a meth head cunt.
1: He sure did.
2: And, and this Ooh was boy. like while she was getting interviewed for TV. And yeah, he was, like and yelled
1: it out. And this was quite a while ago. And then it just recently came out a few days ago and he quit his job.
2: Well, this is the thing. It didn't come out a few days ago. It came out at the time. Uh, Yeah, but it came out
1: like in Parliament a few days ago.
2: We remembered it. Well, when when the politician at the the time said, my staffer who was standing next to me, who who has worked for me for 10 years, said, I just heard this guy yell this thing out at you. Um, And she complained about it and... Uh, they investigated it and said, oh, well, all of his mates that he was with said that he didn't say it. So, (laughs) sorry.
1: You can always trust a guy's mates, you know?
2: Yeah, especially liberal staffers. Um, And they said, as far as we're concerned, that is the end of the matter and we will not be looking into it again ever. And it's clearly only when things have reached the fever pitch that they have of the last couple of weeks that Now that that's come up again, they've gone, oh, we got to cut ties with this guy because he's making us look bad. Because that's the political calculus of it all. It's not about doing the right thing ever. So, um, yeah, this has resulted in the Attorney General suing the ABC for defamation. Very um, cool.
1: Very cool stuff.
2: Yep, yep. I, I note that, um, that the insistence the whole time, because the... The victim uh, took their own life last year, and so that meant that the when they referred it to the Australian Federal Police, they said, "This is not our jurisdiction. That's the New South Wales Police." And the New South Wales Police said, "Well, there is no longer a living person to pursue this complaint, so we can't take the case any further." Which led the government to say, "Ah, what's that? You have declared him innocent. His ah, name is he clear. He has been He's ruled closed. innocent." Let me take that scarlet letter off your suit, Christian. Um, and yeah, this, this has then been followed up with him doing a tearful, uh, press conference at which he protested his innocence and also declared that this was like, you know, mob justice. If he, if he had to stand down from his job while being investigated for. Uh, historical accusations of a terrible crime, wouldn't that just be the worst precedent? Any woman could ruin a man's career by just making something up. Which, of course, is the thing that these sorts of people have been saying forever about this kind of thing. And if it were true, it'd be happening all the time. It would be hap- be-
0: yeah, no one would be safe, which is probably not the point that you really want to be making. Not, not the thing you want to be implying about all your colleagues?
1: No, probably not.
2: Well, I, I think it might have been... Um, it might have been uh, Osman Faruqi from uh, the Saturday paper who said after that press conference, because it was a very perplexing press conference.
0: Oh, everyone was a real head-scratcher, just like coming out just really bitchy. Like like the coalition government is very good at doing like holding these very bitchy presentations um press Ex-
2: extremely defensive um and like my 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 brother who's a my brother in law is a lawyer, and he he had come to visit us um just before that press conference, and he was like absolutely perplexed. he was just like that was the strategy, your strategy yeah, was to that. say. Yeah, my strategy was to hold a press conference and say, well, I didn't do it, and everyone has to leave me alone now. Um, it was really weird because for the, for the senior law officer in the country to be declaring, hey, if the police can't investigate it, then that's it, and we all have to leave it alone, there is no other way for me to clear my name, despite the fact that there is like a very long-established history of non-judicial investigations of things in Australia, Royal commissions, Mm -hmm. inquiries, coroner's inquiries, like all of these things that are set up the, the Dyson Hayden stuff. Remember, remember former judge Dyson Hayden who ran the, uh, government's Royal commission into union activity. And, um, Somebody somebody came out with, like, accusations about him behaving extremely inappropriately and sexually harassing, like, young law clerks and stuff like that. And these accusations had been known for, like, a decade or more that basically if you were a young woman, you could not be left alone with him. Like that was one of those one of those open secret kind of things of it's the law, super normal the that that's
1: just a thing that they're like, "Oh, yeah, that's just that guy. you don't want to you don't want to be alone as a woman around him
2: mm. yep um and so and that was a that was an inquiry into it was that a that wasn't a royal commission, was it no it was uh, some type of inquiry where they looked into that and said, "Oh, it turns out that this you know high court judge had been accused of this stuff over and over again, and people had just kind of all collectively ignored it. Yeah. So again, you can totally have non judicial inquiries about things. And again, as my brother in law pointed out, he was like, he kept saying, like, the, the, again, the highest law officer in the land, all, all flustered and everything, kept saying, how am I supposed to prove that something didn't happen 30 years ago? And my brother in law like, that's what 50% of criminal trials are the whole time. Yeah. That's what defense is. Is somebody saying no? Actually, my client didn't do that, and here is how I'm going to build the case for that, or or describe an absence of specific evidence that would be needed to say that something was true. So after making all of these claims that there is no way uh, to investigate or or you know that there's there's no way to prove either the truth or the absence of truth in these allegations, he's then turned around and sued the ABC for defamation because I believe in their strategy. This means that the ABC will be forced to come to court and effectively make a, you know, a civil trial that they have evidence that he did do it. Um, because unfortunately that's the way defamation law works in Australia is that if you have the resources to sue somebody for defamation, uh, then it's a great way for the rich and powerful to keep people off their backs, basically.
1: It sure is.
2: So then we had the uh, March for Justice um, where hundreds of thousands of people, again, all over, over 100,000 people, I think, across the country and uh, different cities all over the place um, all marched on, you know, state and federal government to say, hey, we would actually seriously like you to try and do something about this. And uh, Scott Morrison's response to this was to stand up in Parliament and uh, during his speech to say, Not far from here, such marches, even now, are being met with bullets, but not here in this country. Pretty cool. We should be so lucky.
1: At least you're not getting a shot for this protest. It's Mm. just... I feel like he really just has the brain of a baby, right? Like, he Mm -hmm. doesn't think... There's no part of his brain that stops and thinks before he says something with his face.
0: He's just there, like making making the like rifle kind of motions, like we could, but we're not. We're not gonna. But, but you know, we could. Lucia, we could.
2: Lucy, that makes me think of like um when he did when he did do the quote about like. Oh, I went home and talked to my wife, Jenny, and she said, imagine that one of your own daughters had yeah. been sexually assaulted. And there was a clip of um, a reporter, I think it might have been Tegan George, asked a follow-up question about that where she said, she was like, why do you have to consider it in the context of like being someone's father or yeah. her being someone's daughter? Why can't you look at it in the context of that happening to a human being?
4: You mm-hmm. know,
2: and his response is to like immediately do this face of like, what? yeah, this what? pout. He's got like, yeah, it, yeah, bizarre. just like a
1: yeah. It's like, what do you mean?
2: Just, just all, all of a sudden, the like dictionary definition of incredulous is painted across his face as he says, "Oh, well, I am a dad." And she's my wife, and I have kids, and that's just you know part of my whole. That's that's who I am. That's part of my whole like identity. So I don't yeah, even we, I don't even guys, understand. You guys took what, those photos of of me and my kids. Remember in the lead up to the election. But he um, but he says he says to a like in response to this, he says. You know, oh, because I am a dad and I've got a wife and kids, so I, I, you know, that's part of how I look at things. And I don't even, I don't even understand what it is that you're trying to say. Like he's, you know, he's so super offended, defensive, yeah, ex- extremely defensive and offended because, of course, let's immediately make it about him. You know, um, but just, just the unwillingness to try and like grasp anything in even a remotely contemporary way is extremely upsetting. And yeah, like, like I would have thought that even, you know, somebody who is not aspiring to be the leader of a nation could understand the idea that it is important to be able to like display empathy for people who are not like you. Yeah. to, To try and understand and empathize with the struggles of people whose lives are different to yours. I genuinely him, think though.
1: he has no concept. No. Like, he just has no comprehension of many things around him. I don't think we talk enough he's, about he's how just dumb I think Scott Morrison is.
2: <laughs> just a dorky dad.
1: Just a dorky dad.
2: But, yeah, I mean, so so the entire thing has devolved into uh, the liberals, you know, announcing that there's there's going to be a press conference in which Christian Porter declares his innocence. And it said in the press release when they were announcing that press conference, uh, they said, we are hoping this will be the end of the matter. Well, I mean... Uh, mm, can we please not talk about that anymore? What we would love is for you to stop asking us Please that stop. This. Please stop asking. It's making, making us very uncomfortable. Mm. Um, so there's that. There's all of the... Uh, much, much like the same way that they deal with any other, like, scandal or crisis or anything. Uh, it's all a protracted game of uh, plausible deniability and saying, well, I didn't know about this thing at this date specifically, all that sort of stuff. And, you know, we've we've seen a lot of writing about this in the media. Um, Samantha Maiden, uh, is she in, at the New Daily?
0: She's uh, writing... F- uh, largely of the news.com.au about this. Um.
2: but she's, you know, been pursuing a lot of these stories uh very aggressively. So if you would like to read about a lot of this stuff in more detail, go and check that out. It's
0: yeah, don't listen good. to us. We're just stupid assholes. Yeah. yeah.
3: Uh
2: there's been a lot of stuff in the Saturday paper and everything. And like we said, it's been I'm sure it's been very overwhelming for a lot of people, uh particularly survivors. Of yeah, salt.
1: gotta say, I would love to talk about literally anything else, but unfortunately, it just keeps happening.
2: Yeah, uh, so, it sucks, there's a lot of places you can read about it, but we thought that we would talk about one specific aspect of this that made me feel uh, like my brain had been dipped in a big tub of battery oh, acid. me too. So, you know, what kind of solutions are there to this sort of thing? I mean, obviously, part of the problem that uh, a lot of people have raised is that uh, a very like unrepresentative majority of people in parliament and in cabinet uh, are people from like elite, private, single-sex boys' schools. Mm -hmm. What a thought. Yeah,
1: it's a really healthy way to bring up people and to, you know, run the government.
2: Uh, imagine
0: having like a, just a chastity belt, but for social encounters with the opposite sex. It's so. It's. So, we were talking about this a while ago. It's such a bizarre thought.
1: It's immediately such a bad idea. Like it's so
0: weird. Like, and you can't. You can kind of see where like this concept of only being able to relate it to women that you that you know because because you,
1: like, you don't know any women. Because you don't know any women. Like,
2: so imagine odd. if this happened to your mum, the one woman you know, <laughs> like. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting because, like, in in the last, I think it was like in the last six months, um, there's a woman whose name I cannot remember, unfortunately, um, she had a cool name, who did this petition asking for women to respond if they had experienced like uh, sexual assault, sexual violence, or anything um, in a in the a private school environment. That they went to, basically. And she got, like, over 3,000 written submissions uh, from girls who had attended, like, elite private schools. And the overwhelming majority of them were saying, these things happened in my encounters with boys from the single-sex private schools. And this caused, you know, obviously a lot of consternation among the, the communities of those schools because... God knows people spend a shitload load of money to send their kids to these places, so you don't want... Like, it, it seems to me like the the issue is always, like, I don't want the reputation of the very expensive school I'm sending my kid to to get ruined, not what the fuck yes. is happening at the place I'm sending my son.
1: Sending my son in his little circular straw hat for some reason.
2: <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, it's always about, like, you know, don't, don't ruin the reputation of the school, not why why is this school raising such horrible, horrible people? And um so so there were some, you know, different responses from different schools. Uh some of them, you know, they had like either the the headmaster come out and say, Hey, this is like really, really concerning. Clearly we are failing these young men in how we talk to them about consent, how we talk to them about interacting with the opposite sex, that kind of thing. Um However, I saw some things where, like, one of these schools uh, reacted with the headmaster writing a letter out to parents and saying, we're being blamed for all of this stuff, and that's not fair when, like, they can all just get unlimited porno on their phones. <laughs> and there's lots of sexualized things in the media. And uh, and this, like, headmaster wrote in this letter uh, to parents, he was like, how are how are they supposed to control themselves? You know, in this in in this hyper sexualized world, how are they they're supposed just to walking control around themselves these big they get out of
0: sloshing there? buckets of cum, and then they run into a girl, and who's to say? Who's to say? And there's Love nothing we can do to change this. Yeah, there's absolutely nothing we can do. Just uh, just want to point out that um Scott Morrison w- went to an all all boys school as well. Just uh, mm. he he is an old boy um from Sydney Boys High School. Uh, so that probably does actually explain a lot of the pathology. Yeah, um, along
1: with just everyone in Parliament House, there's mm-hmm, probably so there's a lot of people that went to an all boys private school. And
2: Chris- Christian Porter, Greg Hunt mm-hmm. went went to school together. Actually, ah, um, um, yeah, well, you can just jack each other
0: off, guys. This is
1: you're allowed to. You can just do that.
0: You're allowed to, or yourself as well. You just got to get that nut out. I Don't mean, walk the- around like ready to pop. It's it's not it's not healthy. It's not good for your prostate health.
2: Look, I'm not, I'm not ignorant enough to pretend that, like, they, they don't just send their kids to these schools because it gives you all of the social introductions that you need to become a lawyer or a politician or whatever. It's about the networking. It's not about the yeah, education at all. Not at um, all. But to me, it just feels like completely dropping the mask when you say, as, like, the headmaster of one of these schools, hey, what do you expect us to do about it? They've got phones they can look at. Because isn't, like, part of the whole pretense of these schools that you are paying, like, phenomenal amounts of money out of the arse to send them to somewhere that makes future leaders, that makes, like, you know, exceptional young men. And it's like, if if you don't have it in yourselves to say to them, actually, sexual assault is not good and you shouldn't do it, what the fuck are you doing? And the question is that you're, I guess, uh, just just preparing, uh, you know, people to to work in Australian Parliament. Yeah, a bunch
0: of slimy, yeah. egg-hatched weirdos just secreted out into Parliament House. Why are There's so many of one. our
1: politicians just like slimy weirdos? So
0: weird, just, just damp-handed weird looking
1: units, weird gross... ways of speaking.
0: Don't like it,
1: lizard people.
2: Now. So, those private schools, they don't have any solutions in mind for this. However.
1: Mm-hmm. Who does?
2: The New South Wales Police Commissioner, New South Wales's top cop, Mick Fuller, has... Um, he has an idea. Oh, He's that's little, who I want to
1: hear from about just rape. Just right from
2: the top of the dome.
1: I want to hear from a cop about rape all the time. Absolutely.
2: Uh, and and hey, just in case you thought maybe I've heard this guy's name before on a previous episode when we were talking about the um, the endemic pres- m- en- strip <laughs> searching of minors. Yep, in New South Wales at music festivals and stuff like that. Uh, the response that came from New South Wales p- p- Police Commissioner Mick Fuller was, "If my kids, uh, if my." underage daughters were at a festival i would want them to be strip searched Mm -hmm. by the police uh, so that they're safe
0: exactly i got a little grab here um so he says that he was disappointed about the conduct of officers who strip searched a 16 year old girl uh but he said no no it's all good we need to keep doing this um he says that young people should have quote a little bit of fear Unquote of police, and that questioning the quote legitimacy of policing had a negative impact on public su- on public safety. No, I think it's actually the strip searches that are having a yeah, negative impact I on the public. I would say it's the strip searches. Yeah, just um, I don't think it's that. Uh, I don't think that's that people are not afraid enough of the of the police because that's certainly I don't. Are people not afraid of the police? I'm afraid of the police. I'm I very don't have,
1: afraid of the police, I, and I'm a white person.
0: I go through, I, well, sorry, I, I don't, I don't go through that station anymore. But I used to go through Rome Street Station, where they would um, continually have the drug dogs in there, and I would see people just bawling, crying, like just being absolutely brought, brought low by these police officers who have, you know, obviously caught them with, with, you know some drugs for personal use, and you just go, oh, okay, you're just ruining people's lives here. That's your job, is to stand in between these two turnstiles and see how many lives you can ruin. Oh, there's another one. The doggy says this life. Um, so the, very
2: notoriously accurate sniffer dogs.
0: Notoriously accurate sniffer dogs. Very cool stuff. Um, but I'm sure that they've got some, some good ideas, though, on solving um, the problem, which is doing their job.
2: Yeah, because... Um New South Wales Police Commissioner Mick Fuller, this is from the ABC, said, uh, the country needed to modernize ideas around positive consent, where consent is, quote, active and ongoing throughout a sexual encounter. So he thinks maybe we should have an app. Got an app for that?
1: I love how he immediately points out the problem with the app by talking about ongoing and active consent. While mm-hmm. suggesting an Are app supposed where you to, say yes? Like- I-
0: I'm just going to go... Yeah, I'm going to go... Like, Because there's no details given in this article, so don't hang out for actually how this is going to work. I'm going to guess that you have to have one hand on the go button the entire time. It's like a, um, like the two switches that they have to flick to get into the the vault where they keep the Terminator's arm. <laughs> um, and if you release that, then suddenly... Uh, ...the chastity belt snaps shut, Uh, the end of the Mm -hmm. penis flying across the room, um, and everything just stops and and that's it, problem solved. I don't actually think that that he's thought that part through, or any part of this through.
2: No, Um, because I think, you know, a lot of the problem that is described by women is, number one, that uh, the majority of assaults don't get reported. Because people say, I don't have any confidence whatsoever that the police are going to do anything about this.
1: Because they often don't. Yeah,
2: and that seems to be validated by the numbers of people who do report uh, allegations to the police. And the police say, oh, what are you going to do?
1: Less than 10% of rapes and sexual assaults reported to the police end up in any kind of charge. Less than 10%. So, you know, it's kind of like, what's the point?
0: But w- what if though, Lucy? I know what you're if? kind of poo-pooing this, but what if mm. there's an app that said you ticked the box, oh, so I we don't even no. have to. You ticked, you ticked no. Um, or even worse, you ticked yes. Says right here. Sorry, we've got the. There's the app. It says it says you pressed yes. Th- so
1: this, the only way that this app, the only thing that it's doing is protecting that, men. It's that is like, exactly oh, well, what
0: it's doing. Well, you ticked
1: yes on the app. There,
0: so you hit yes. So I don't know what you. What do you want us to do?
2: Um, Yeah, apart from... God, there's so many problems.
3: It's (laughs) so 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 stupid. So so
2: here's a a quote from him on ABC Radio. (laughs) Intimate violence, intimate violence, particularly against women, is a real problem crime for us at the moment.
0: Mm, Now. Now Mm. is the time for the... Previously...
1: Real time waster. Not an issue.
0: Now, not a, now people are telling deal. us about it. So. Not a big
2: deal, but every I'm getting a lot of phone calls. People are yelling at me. It's becoming an issue. We need to find a solution, he says. He acknowledged that the app might be, quote, the worst idea I have all year. Mm-hmm. But he said COVID-19 had shown the importance of adopting technological solutions. When did it do this? Well, we had remember- the COVID set,
0: Sa- yeah. The COVID Safe app, the app that famously did not work. That everybody went, "Hey, that's not how Bluetooth works. That's not how phones work. You can't do that." And they're like, "No, no, it's fine. We've we've got um, my nephew's pretty good at code. Um, <laughs> we've got probably four hundred million dollars for IBM or something. I don't know. We haven't checked, but we'll have an app and it'll solve." It and then now everyone's going, Oh, actually, the app did nothing, it didn't do anything. Uh, it actually did the thing that everyone said it was going to do, which was nothing. Hmm. I went,
2: Oh, yeah, but it's important to think about it, you know. Quote If someone told me two years ago that we would have to sign in on our phones every time we sat down at a restaurant, I would have laughed at them, he said. Now, hmm. now he he's He thinks you're laughing at the idea of having to sign in to sex.
1: And I am laughing. (laughs) How fucking stupid this is.
2: (laughs) Whether the app floats or not, I think it's irrelevant. (laughs) He
3: still thinks it's going to go. Like maybe.
2: (laughs) Still talking about this app that he's already said is probably a bad idea. I'm hearing a lot of maybes. So we'll just put it in the maybe pile, won't we? He says, whether the app floats or not, I think it's irrelevant. I think it's about understanding that this crime is on the increase. Is it? Or are you just hearing about You're it more? You're
1: hearing about it more.
2: And we need to confront whether that's through technology. We need to confront it whether that's through technology or education and training or through other ideas. Some yeah, ideas. we've got lots of ideas. Uh, mm. I can
0: list three. Two of them are the same thing. Uh, so... We've tried nothing. We're all out of ideas. Uh, it's, we're certainly not going to do our jobs. So why not uh, Mr. Mister Steve
2: Jobs? So let's, like, uh, th- this is the thing that I've absolutely seen bandied around before, right? This app idea, a consent app where you
0: make... Always by the worst people in the world, by the way. Um, yep. Libertarians, consent on the blockchain, fucking...
2: It will send an encrypted thing. And like you said, Lucy, the problem is there is no possible context in which you can imagine this app doing anything to help anybody other than a man who says that he has been falsely accused of sexual assault. Exactly. Because what other purpose could it serve? Like, uh, you know, if, if, if you are a person who is attacked by a stranger... You're not like, hold on, quick. You're not like, oh, hold yeah. one second. Hey, c- can you just
0: install this app quickly? Yeah. Now you got to put the phones really close for the NFC to work. So, like, I oh, got an Android without it. All right. Uh-huh. Oh. That's not going to work for
2: Here, me. Here, all sent, Can you scan this? <laughs> you scan this QR code. Um. Yeah. Like. Like. The, there is any any of the contexts. Uh, that that people have spoken about in the last several weeks, these very, very high-profile cases, would not have been covered by this because it was just being sexually assaulted by someone. Exactly. The app also would not help for... If you consented to having sex with someone and then they started doing stuff that you hadn't consented for and you revoked your consent, then... Right. They, then they would just have like a a printed certificate saying, yeah, "Well, they the said I could do it." Which makes the cops' jobs
1: easier, you know? Yeah, you don't have could... to investigate this one. It's on paper. It's in the app.
2: Yep. Oh, Well, it says here around the same time you agreed to have sex with this guy. So, what do you want us to do? Mm.
0: And- like, I think it's important to point out that stupid ideas are a dime a dozen, right? Like, people get into, into, like, meetings, and they're throwing around shit, and someone's like, oh, what if we did an app for it? And they kind of go, oh, no, it's a... There's a difference between that and the top cop of New South Wales coming out uh, and doing a presser, talking to the media, and going, hey, uh, just, just one quick idea. What about an app? Like, and just being like, that's his idea. That's the thing. What if if we tried to gamify it? That's the depth of thought that that we're experiencing in in addressing these issues.
2: Something something that I have noticed as a bit of a shift in this conversation recently is that I am seeing more and more people like um you know, because obviously the March for Justice was a thing that was organized by women and a lot of women uh, came to and you see these like you know, an invitation to sit down with Scott Morrison and get your photo taken with him while mm. he smiles, you know, mm. so he can say, look, I'm doing something about it. But um I guess like I've 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 seen a lot more conversation recently about this needs to start being a conversation that men are having with other men. Mm-hmm. It needs to stop being this thing of, like, women begging you to stop doing this. And it needs to be, start being a thing where, where men are changing their own culture. Because I feel like women have been asking men to stop doing this for a some very, time now. very,
1: very long time. That's one thing. Well, I went to that protest at Parliament House when I was in Canberra one thing that was very depressing is just how many women there were like in their sixties and seventies. And it's like, they've been doing this their entire lives and very little has changed.
0: But they didn't have smartphones, Lucy.
1: Oh, had they considered a consent app?
2: (laughs) Yeah. I saw, um, I saw somebody writing, I think it might've been Catherine Murphy in the Guardian writing and talking about, you know, talking to one of her friends or colleagues and and them just both sort of mourning the fact that they had, like, adult children going out into the world now. And she's like, and we haven't really achieved anything in terms of, like, making it a safer place for them to be. And that's hugely depressing. And when you look at these, like, when you look at these sorts of statistics, uh, so this is from the same article... According to recent figures from the Bureau of Crime Statistics and Research, reported sexual assaults rose by 10% in 2020, with a total of 15,000 women coming forward, and that's the very small portion of people that we think actually report these things. Only 2% of those led to guilty verdicts in court. Now, this is, like, not even including the part if you are one of those psychos who thinks that, like it's a normal thing for women to make up sexual assault allegations to get back at a guy or try mm. to wreck his life or something. Yep, which we understand is not a thing. Well, as, as I was saying before about the Christian Porter stuff, if it was a thing, it would be a normal part of the fabric of our lives. Yeah. Like, 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 you know, you you would know a dozen people who had had to like quit their jobs and go and live in a shed somewhere because some harpy had decided that she didn't like the look of his pants like this this is just not a thing that happens on any kind of scale as to be no. significant, in, and it's in,
1: actively the opposite. You know, when women report these things, the woman gets crucified, and you see it mm-hmm. constantly. There's no reason for The police no type it up it. on
0: their invisible typewriter.
1: Mm, that's right. They sure do. And then they say, "We'll get back to you if we find anything." And then they close the investigation well, because they didn't the find anything.
2: I mean, look at look at how look at how this stuff has been handled in the last couple of weeks. We had uh, Brittany Higgins come out and say two years ago. I was sexually assaulted in Parliament House by a staffer who, who did get fired by the liberals afterwards, but not for that. He got fired for being in the office after hours and breaking a security protocol. Mm. Apparently, it seems like he probably got a glowing reference on the way out as well. Uh, a whole lot of covering up and everything. And then when she has come out and gone public with all of this... Uh, she has also subsequently come out to say the prime minister's office is going to journalists and saying to them, this is a thing that her current boyfriend is doing uh, because he used to have a job with us and now he doesn't and he's mad. So, you know, the, again, the government's response is to say this woman's crazy and making it up and she, oh, she's actually doing it for ulterior motives, you know. And the same thing with the, with the Christian Porter case where, again, the Prime Minister's first instinct here is to come out and say, oh, well, he's told me that he didn't do it. So, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't be fair for there to be any consequences for him when he said that he didn't, which kind of flies against the, like, 12 months ago, you know, they had him saying it's very important that women, when they report things like this, that they are believed and they are heard It turns out, unless it might have some kind of negative impact on him personally, and then don't worry about it.
0: Yeah. If you know anything about the Labour Party, make sure you report it to your nearest police officer. Yeah. Uh, If it's about us, then... um, Sorry, you're probably crazy. You probably got something, uh, some no-good-brain stuff going on.
2: So, yeah, it's a huge bummer all around, really.
1: Just a lot of huge bummers all around. And I would love for things to get better, so we don't have to talk about this every few months, but you know here we are.:
2: I mean, it certainly doesn't look like it's happening at the moment i i was I was slightly interested to see that there has finally been a drop in the polls for the Liberal Party. Oh really. Um, yeah they've they've finally gone back below labourers on the two-party preferred poll. Um, and someone from the liberals, uh, I saw like, you know, somebody as an anonymous source in an article saying, uh, yeah, well, we thought that it was really only going to affect us with like tertiary educated women and it would just <laughs> blow over. But it, seem- <laughs> it seems to have cut through to like a wider audience. It turns, oh, yeah. out, it turns out there's a lot of women in this country.
1: Uh, there's too many women here are going to affect our votes. Yikes.
2: But yeah, it just seems like there's, there's no, to me, there's no kind of serious move to say, hey, what if we treated Parliament like an actual workplace? You know, where you got fired for like sleeping with junior staffers and.
1: Yeah, it's a whole thing. Like there's a lot of conversation around the culture at Parliament, which is terrible. But, you know, this is also just stuff that happens all the time to women in real life, you know. I don't think it's specifically a parliament problem but it is a problem of men who went to all boys schools and have terrible ideas about women do these things all the time
2: I th- I think part of the problem is that people want some kind of leadership about this on a national level mm. and uh, you know absolutely these things are happening to women around the country constantly and as we can see from the statistics around Conviction rates, you know, successful prosecutions of these charges, what that tells, you know, what that tells young men in this country is, hey, you'll probably get away with it. Yeah. You know, like the the likelihood of any of her saying anything of anyone believing her, you know, of anything actually happening to you as a result, pretty low and while while in like corporate environments i know that these things also happen and that people sleep with subordinate staffers in you know um, uh, mm-hmm. relationship like like power imbalances in those relationships and everything at the very least in like a at the very least in like a corporate workplace when people get caught like they have to quit or they make people like move to different offices and say this is this is a totally inappropriate relationship and this can't be happening. Whereas it seems like the the vibe in Parliament House is it's just on. It's on for young and old, you know. And like like it's this big accepted open secret and and like the internal culture is saying oh all these all these uh, guys who. You know, our elected representatives, number one, they're doing such a selfless thing to be politicians. And then they have to be away from their families so much of the year. So, shouldn't they have a couple of girls on the side? Don't they deserve that?
1: I hate going away and getting $290 a night or whatever it is. sucks. It's so hard. It
2: barely covers the cost at the brothel. (laughs) I I hate traveling interstates to... uh, to claim money from the government to pay rent at my own house that I own yep it's such a hardship but uh, but yeah, so I think I think people are looking for like national leadership on this issue to some extent, and I think that the people who occupy Parliament House are the worst equipped people in the country to provide any of that kind of leadership
1: yes absolutely
2: and and the, I think the most depressing thing of all is that much like what tends to happen in Australia and in Australian politics, is that there will often be something like this where there is a seemingly organic groundswell of really, really genuine feeling about an issue that captures the country's attention, that prompts hundreds of thousands of people to leave their house and go out and say, we, we collectively desperately want something to happen about this, we need something to change... And for the government's answer to be, all right, how, how do we, how do we deal with this in, you know, as, as cold a, a manner of political calculus as possible? Yeah. How do we make this about, you know, both sides how do we make this about trying to get the Labour Party wrapped up in it so that they lose as many casualties as we do in the process?
1: to be fair i'm sure there is just as much shitty stuff in the labor party as well oh, so
2: absolutely i think um you know there's already i've already read things about like internal internal groups within labor discussing everybody's own horrible stories yeah i mean at the at the very least i hope that you know the kind of the the lasting impact of this is that all of the women that this is affecting, particularly in and around political parties and everything, just stop being quiet about it. Yeah. Just start coming out. Because like, like we said earlier on with the staffer who, who got fired for saying awful shit, um, that, that's an issue where they were completely happy to let that guy stay on when they didn't think anyone was going to kick up a fuss about it. Right. But when there's actually, you know, some kind of some kind of focus and and sustained, you know, sustained putting it under the microscope, I think you can see that political parties are starting to go. Oh, we're going to have to actually act about some of these things. And I hope yeah. that it gets sustained long enough to make some kind of difference.
1: I hope so. I also hope that all of these men get shot with an with an airsoft gun. Mm.
2: They a get killed in Minecraft.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I hope oh they're all killed in Minecraft. <laughs>
0: oh. Sealed in a room and led to piss and, and starve themselves to death in The Sims 4. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's building a little fence around them in Roller Coaster Tycoon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I hope they'd never leave Mr. Bones' wild ride.
3: <laughs>
4: Hello, it's me, Ben, uh, from this podcast. Merriam-Webster defines a podcast as a program made available in digital format for automatic download over the internet. And that simply could not be more true. If you like what we do and want more of this podcast made available to you in digital format for automatic download over the internet, simply go to patreon.com slash and hit the enormous red button that says subscribe. US dollars a month, you get access to our weekly bonus episodes, our entire archive of bonus episodes, our exclusive Discord server, and an RSS feed of both bonus episodes and free episodes that doesn't have these ads in them. That sweet sweet subscriber cash allows me to do this show full time without having to get a real job, and frankly, that whips to me. The other guys also get some money or whatever, but I don't really care. Anyway, check that out if it sounds good to you. Love you. Well, look, we
2: are gonna need a little palate cleanser. Before we wrap oh, please. it up. Right. Uh so in that case, we're gonna fly away and have a little taste of plainly speaking.
0: Uh this is your captain speaking.
2: Please return your seats to their upright positions as we are coming in hot on another edition of Plainly Speaking. Oh, this is a story that I read this week, and frankly, I loved it.
1: I liked it a lot. <laughs>
2: So this is this is kind of a combo. Um, this is kind of a combo, plainly speaking, slash scam watch. And this was about a lady called Marilyn Hartman. This is from CNN. Serial stowaway Marilyn Hartman was arrested at Chicago's O'Hare International Airport on Tuesday after leaving the residential facility where she was being electronically monitored. That's not the fun part. Uh, The Cook County Sheriff's Office told CNN in a statement that it was notified that she had left the facility around noon Tuesday and that electronic monitoring staff immediately began trying to find her location. Staff attempted to contact Harbin using the phone built into the device, but Harbin did not answer, the statement said. (laughs) Electronic monitoring unit investigators found that her device indicated she was traveling in the direction of O'Hare International Airport. (laughs) The one place she's not allowed.
1: She knows not to go there. (laughs)
2: Um, An alarm was activated. Oh, no. An alarm was activated on her ankle monitoring device and she was detained by Chicago police officers. The statement said Hartman did not enter any secure areas. Hartman, 69, will be returned to the Cook County Jail and the Sheriff's Office said it is seeking approval to charge her with felony escape. Leave her alone.
1: Just let her have a little plane ride.
2: Let her have a ride on... The plane. So they're talking about, you know, how she's, she's relapsed in her treatment and everything. What was the issue, you might ask? Harbin first made national headlines in August 2014 when she was arrested at Los Angeles International Airport for successfully boarding a flight from San Jose International Airport without a ticket. She pleaded no contest to the charges and was sentenced to probation. The next day, she was rearrested at Los Angeles International <laughs> Airport. Her streak continued at Sky Harbour Airport in Phoenix. On August 14th, Hartman was given a warning for trying to enter a security checkpoint without a ticket. Twelve days later, she was arrested in an airport terminal for criminal trespass. A day after that, she was again seen loitering around at a security checkpoint, Phoenix police said. She was arrested in Florida in 2015. Another arrest followed at O'Hare in 2016 for violating her probation, which forbid her from setting foot on airport property. She was sentenced to six months of house arrest in a mental health facility, for violating court orders to stay away from airports. Uh, she was then arrested at O'Hare again after British officials had detained her in London.
3: <laughs> oh, my God.
2: She was charged with one dismi- misdemeanor count of trespassing and one felony count of theft after she succeeded in travelling from Chicago to London without a passport or boarding pass. That's
0: not theft. Nothing's being stolen. Leave the lady.
1: Let the lady... Who's she hurting, you know? Just let her on
0: planes. Um, I mean... Make sure that she knows that there's a little bit of a chase going on because clearly that's that's part of it. But just don't don't like if you run after her, maybe
2: don't run so far. How she get fast.
1: on the plane? It's Let incredible. Her get on. Let her get Let on. get on
2: the plane. Well, she does actually describe how she would get on the planes, which is very helpful. <laughs> um. So so basically, like yes, we have the litany of her arrests and everything here, but. Let me give you a little more detail. Um so <laughs> <laughs> Um So audio recordings, this is at O'Hare, obtained by CBS two investigators, reveal a TSA agent spotted her at O'Hare on October tenth, twenty nineteen and called police, quote, there's been a Marilyn sighting over here <laughs> <laughs> said one it's TSA like agent. Oh, that's what?
1: so good, they know her.
3: <laughs>
2: Um, <laughs> apparently, they just have pictures of, of Marilyn. Oh, they would. Oh, Although my God. A picture right.
1: of her behind the TSA desk. Do, not- <laughs> Do not let Do this not woman in. Do not trust her
2: lies. <laughs> so, CBS talked exclusively with Harmon, beginning in October 2019 for a report that aired this past Sunday night. She told the reporter that she thought she had taken at least 30 flights over the years. Wow. The CBS2 investigators, through a series of sources, public records requests, Mrs. Hart's recollections, and more, compiled a forensic accounting of her free rides. She went to Jacksonville, Seattle, Phoenix, Philadelphia, Atlanta, Minneapolis, San Francisco, and even London. Globetrotter. She said it began in 2002. Hartman recalled, The first time I was able to get through it, I flew to Copenhagen, and the second time I flew to Paris. It wasn't until some 12 years later that she popped up on the radar of law enforcement. How many flights did she take in that wow. time? That was when she flew SANS ticket from San Jose to Los Angeles in 2014. A judge warned her, don't do it again. Seven months later, in April 2015 in Jacksonville, she appeared in court where her fate was sealed. Quote, Miss Hartman has been determined by forensic psychologists to be incompetent to proceed. Uh, <laughs> quote, I know they keep emphasizing the mental illness. Law enforcement would like to have that in place, but uh, I'm pretty good, she said. (laughs)
0: 3.15 a.m. going back for more
2: stolen (laughs) flights. So how did she get away with taking so many flights for so long without a ticket or a boarding pass? Mm. Quote, the thing I got to tell you, I've never been able to board a plane by myself. I was always let through, she revealed. I mean, I was able to go through the security line without a boarding pass. In January 2018, reports obtained by CBS2 investigators say Hartman evaded the security process and document ticket check and took a $3,428 flight to London on a British Airways plane. Well, no, it's a free flight. She didn't pay anything. She didn't pay she that's hop- true. Hopped on. Didn't cost anything. thing.
1: where is she sitting in the plane?
2: She had become omnipresent at TSA checkpoints with her picture at security checkpoints. She described how she did it. Quote, I got by them. This is the thing that's so crazy. By following someone, they'd always have like a blue bag, she said. And the next thing I know, I get into the TSA line and TSA lets me through and they think I'm with the guy with the blue bag. Hartman explained why she took all those flights. As to what motivated her to take them, she said, When I took the plane ride, I wasn't happy. It wasn't, (laughs) oh, I'm going here or there. I was in a depressed state of mind. Uh, Diagnosed bipolar, it wasn't a manic episode that set off the flight trigger. It was the opposite. On back-to-back days in 2015, she admitted she was so depressed that her desperation got her caught both times. She was having fun catching the planes. It was the the depression that messed her up.
1: Right. It was helping her depression. That's what I'm hearing.
2: Uh, She later spoke about her mental health. I'm bipolar, and this is something I've rejected for years. So... A plea deal had already been struck in connection with her 2019 arrest, and it was supposed to be finalized in early April, but the judge said she would not get another probation. This is one time too many, he said.
1: (laughs) We've had enough, Marilyn. It's enough now.
2: You board 40 or 50 more planes,
0: and we're bringing the hammer down.
1: Board 40 planes, shame on you. (laughs) 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 Oh, boy.
2: Oh, Stay out there, Marilyn.
1: Good for her. I love this.
2: Just, uh, like, it's just like catch me if you can, you know. You just yeah. got to walk up to the gate at the right pace and they go, oh, he knows where he's going. If
1: you're confident enough, people will think that you know what you're doing and they'll just let you through.
2: Uh, pro tip from the show, just go up to the gate of any flight and tell them that you are deadheading and they have to let you on.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and if they don't, start making a big fuss. People in airports love that. That's right. I was just describing the, uh, the detaining that you saw recently, Lucy. Mm-hmm. Do you want to quickly regale us with that?
1: The uh, Hobart Airport one? Yeah. Yeah. So, I caught a flight and there was these two real... Imagine the kind of people that don't want to wear masks and that's exactly what they looked like. Like, the guy looked like a real dead shit and she looked like a real hippie. <laughs> and they, I heard them say when I was getting on the plane like the flight attendants were asking them to wear a mask and they said, oh, we have an exemption, which, you know... The, you-
2: the exemption is that we don't want to wear them.
1: Yeah, exactly. I was just like, we have an exemption, we have an exemption. So I was sitting there my whole flight like these fucking pieces of shit, you know, and then I get off my flight in Hobart and then I'm having a coffee and I look over and there's <laughs> guys like in handcuffs. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, they got arrested for that because you have to wear a mask in Hobart Airport also. So, you know, I'm not pro-cop, but in, in some stages, you know, maybe maybe they're okay.
2: <laughs> oh, boy. There you go, folks. Wear your mask at the airport. Don't please be wear joke. your
1: mask at the airport. Cops still suck, but please wear your mask at the airport. Come on. Come on. Get it together.
2: Well, that's it for us. Sorry uh sorry about the depressing subject matter. What are you going to Yeah, do?
1: sorry about that. We will we never one speak of, of these it again. A
2: year. Last year we did the
0: bushfire stuff. Um, who knows what unimaginable tragedy will befall us next year. So that's a fun thought.
1: What Beautiful. could go wrong? It's not like every year gets progressively worse <laughs> since
2: 2001. <laughs> <laughs> well, See you next week, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Bye.